What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Why are you listening to this? Life is pointless, guys. You good? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't mean Odafin to Tuol. I meant just like life, life, humanity, things in general. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the cheerfulest podcast in all of the podcast app, Law and Order Special Viewing Unit, the show where we view, review, and lovingly ridicule everyone's favorite cop drama, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, every episode in a row from the very beginning. Uh, the, the seemingly never-ending purgatory that is this podcast. We, we just discussed that, how the world is probably gonna end before... We, we may have, right, right before before we... Yeah. Our, our task is through. Exactly. Uh, so we're doing it, we love it, we do it for you, listeners. I am your host, Matt Reuter, joined, as always, by my... I don't know. Are you are you are you dead or having a seizure? Co-host. I'm the I'm the cheese grater girl for sure. Are you the the guy who's got a cheese grater taken to his face? One, Mister Aviv Rubenstein. How you doing, tonight, Aviv? Uh, I'm doing okay. Matt um is Matt is feeling a little uh existent a bit of existential angst, if you will. Um, and I t- that's not even both, the word. That's not even the word to describe both- it. I'm I'm at peace with it. I'm just like. Yeah, but, yep. so we're both we're both uh, wondering what the point of it all is today. Um, yep, not because of the podcast, the listeners. Just so you know, we do it for you. We love you guys. No, it's because of the podcast. I oh, hate you okay. Guys. Well, uh, yeah. So there's a disconnect. We're both there. we're both taking the Werner Herzog stance uh, today. <laughs> Um, I went Which to is why we're yesterday. gonna we're gonna put uh, clips of Grizzly Man of the of of Timothy <laughs> Treadwell screaming for his life. Uh, no just, one should ever see this footage. At, at a certain point in time, you're just gonna hear that in the background. Don't question it. Just roll with it. You went for, you went to the beach today. Did you get attacked by a bear? I went to the beach yesterday. I cut my oh, foot. cut your foot on cut what? Foot on a, a jagged rock. Oh, that sounds nasty. Yeah, it was not great. So, are you going to actually turn into a bug now, or? Yeah, this we're starting the bit all over again. There we go. Bits on we're, bits we're on bits. We're getting a lot of 
we're getting a lot of bug Twitter recently. Um, it's it w- look. It was a solid bit when you conceived of it, Aviv, and uh, I think yeah, you know we had we had the balls to see through paying dividends. Uh, a, a bit to uh, till till all of the goodwill had been beaten out of it. Uh, but yeah, you know, only like. the hard hitting. Oh boy, yeah, the the hard hitting podcast that this is. We don't give a fuck what is good or bad. We're we're just dedicated we're to what we want to do. We're, yeah, yeah, we're exactly stick, sticking with fuck it. it. Why not? Then hey, Viva, I think we have some mailbag we want to jump into, right? Yes. Yeah, so before before we get into this week's episode, we have some some mailbag uh from our from our tweeter, our tweeter.com. Uh first one is from uh Rachel Hunter at Happy Rachel. Rachel with an A E L. Rachel, uh, why are you listening to this podcast? Do you hear who hosts it? Yeah. So she says, well, take a listen. She says, watching before I listen so uh, season four episode nine so sad and angry right now at least it's fiction question mark well i'm sorry which episode was that what was the title uh season four episode nine so quite a while ago it's called juvenile and it's the detectives track down two junior high school students in connection with the rape and murder of a cancer patient who's been growing marijuana in her apartment oh i I think i remember that one i don't Oh man, these episodes just like fly out of my brain right after they happen. I mean, happen. it's it's a procedural, oh, yeah, so they they don't they don't you know they're not meant to kind of like stick in your. There's there's a couple good this ones. This is not that will. the blow. This is this is the one with the creepy like uh, sociopathic twelve year old who's using the older dude as like his muscle, the older slow dude as his muscle. Oh, I was thinking a different episode. Okay. You were thinking of the the blowjob economy episode? No, not even that one. It was the one with like the weird sociopathic like fifteen year olds. Mm, sure. And there's like two of them. Like it's a really weird confession scene. I don't remember what the hell it was. Uh, yep. So thank you, Happy Rachel. Um, also from Super Family Axith. She says six minutes thirty four seconds into Matt's pulp fiction question into uh the the pulp fiction question. Is it because of kissing? Uh do you remember <laughs> what she's talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh more vital organs are exploding because I'm laughing so hard. I think this time it was my pancreas. Um she also says Serena Benson is the Maris Crane of the SVU Frasier universe. You never get to meet her. Which is like it's that's true. a very also, it's like a could, very Matt comment. Like, like there's no that's very on brand for Matt. You could also go with uh, Vera from Cheers, Norm's wife. Norm. Yeah. Norm. Um, so another different Rachel, Rachel R. 1977 says, "So excited for today's episode of SVU Podcast. I really wish they were weekly, but that's just me being selfish." Not gonna lie, this part, this podcast is a big part of what pushes me to put the old big Dick Wolf sticker on the XJ. Hashtag Dick Wolf, hashtag Panty Police, hashtag Cambodia Bugman. Which, <laughs> which it's funny you say that because Aviv, I'm gonna I'm gonna move the microphone so you can see the shirt that I'm wearing. But today I'm wearing my executive producer ah, Dick Wolf shirt. There you go. Uh, Rachel, here you go. So, an interest, couple interesting thing about one interesting thing about Rachel. I'm not sure it's the. I'm sure it's not the only interesting thing about Rachel. But no, uh, no, so it's, we, it's good to to reduce the listeners to to one dimensional people. Well, so 
she follows us. We follow her on Twitter. And so she's also followed by Barack Obama. Okay. And I don't know why. I mean, like. But how many people does Barack Obama follow? Is he like a you follow him, he'll follow you back type thing? Like a a regular Ben Bailey. (laughs) Because Ben Uh, Bailey, follower of this podcast. Shout out to Ben Bailey. Friend of the show. Friend of the Um, show, dare I say. We should tweet at Ben Bailey, see if we can get him on the show. Yeah, right. Have we done that? Uh, uh, I believe I have, yes. It's like the worst he's going to say is no. No, the worst he said was nothing. Um, That's not really worse, because then I can just leave him the, like, the suspension of disbelief that he just never saw it. Sure, sure, sure. So it's not a rejection. O, it's you know, Barry O has a hundred a hundred and seven point five million followers, and he follows six hundred and twelve thousand people. So it's a lot of people, but it's a really good ratio. Agreed. All right. So I don't know where you're going with this, though, Phoebe. You Did asked. You... you asked how. You asked how many followers. No, no, no. He but had. you. But the fact that you brought up the fact that. Barack Obama follows her. Oh yeah, I'm like, just you, curious. I feel like you you were you were working an angle here, and I, My I missed the angle memo. is, hey Rachel, what did you do to get Barack Obama to follow you on Twitter? Yeah, Rachel, let us know. We won't hear from let you for know. like six months, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, in in response to your weekly schedule, we we tried that for a really long time, and that was yeah, I told her wildly inconsistent. <laughs> I told her that we would do it if I got fired or if you got fired. <laughs> no, I think that's more of a if you got fired thing. I could I could do a weekly thing. Yeah. Well, you're already doing all all kind of stuff. Um, yep. And uh, an- at Andrea Pollock says, uh, as, as for you, nope, let me try that again. Nope. Nope. At Andrea Pollock, Andrea H. Pollock says... Law and Order Hate Crimes in Development and connect uh, link to a Deadline article. Uh, this is also something that Sonia Sells mentioned last week on the mm. air. Yes, Law and Order Hate Crimes series will happen. Dope. And uh, we got one from, we got a, tw- a tweet just a mere Wait, six sorry, hours they're, ago. They're, they're rolling out a new Law and Order just dealing with hate crimes. Yeah, yeah, that's also yeah. Sonia mentioned it last week, and and yes, right. it, I, it is. It is. Yeah. I I guess I was like, that's never gonna get off. That's never gonna happen. That's never actually gonna <laughs> it was, happen. It was such a it was such a crazy thing that it just like didn't record into your brain. And this is this is on NBC. Mm-hmm. So they're are they gonna rename Thursday Night Television not like must see TV, but just the most triggering television you could ever watch? Uh, from Deadline, the latest. Law and Order installment is based on New York's Real Hate Crimes Task Force, the second oldest bias-based task force in the U.S. The unit, which pledges to uphold a zero-tolerance policy against discrimination of any kind, works under the NYPD's Real Special Victims Unit and often borrows SVU detectives to assist in their investigations. I mean... There's if that's gonna go one of two ways. It's either gonna help hate crimes or it's going to incite more hate crimes. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Why uh, in the so, fucking hell would you put that on television? So this would be the seventh Law and Order series. Can you name the other six? Uh so we've got Trial by Jury. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, the one that I was sure you weren't gonna get. Regular Law and Order. Uh-huh. Criminal Intent. That's three. 
Uh, are we counting the assassination of Giovanni Versace? That's not. That's not Law and Order. But you're you are but the, getting but the Menendez brothers was. Yes, so it's with Edie it's, Falco. It's called true. It's called true crime. Yeah, true crime. Um, as SV, do I say SVU in this, or is that already you can, counted? You, you can say SVU. Okay. That's five. You're missing so that's one more. Five. Uh, oh, Law and Order: Los Angeles, the ill-fated yeah, one season, uh, starring Terrence Howard as the DA. He's, Terrence Howard has his own math. Did you know that? Have we talked about this? Terrence Howard has his own, like, if Terrence Howard's signing on for it, it's not going to do well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it's not going to, or at least it's so not going to well go well for Terrence. to drop Terrence Howard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that maybe that it won't be successful, but it won't be successful for Terrence Howard. Uh, we also have a tweet from at cheese four, the numeral four cheese. ever. One, two, one, three. Cheese, the numeral four ever one two one three saying i just finished listening to hate which is uh the, the most recent episode that we posted one mistake the guy who played seth webster is matt salinger he was never on seventh heaven you're thinking of stephen collins all completely accurate I, uh, I would also say I would rebut this tweet actually and say that you didn't say it was the guy actually from Seventh Heaven. You said it was an analogous to the dude from Seventh Heaven. Yeah, but fuck yes. you, cheese. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He does. He looks like he looks. He like looks like him, but you did not say Seventh that Heaven, it was. And I couldn't remember the guy's name. Uh, who? But his name is Stephen Collins, uh, who is now in jail, dead. Well, whatever. Uh, dead in jail. Let's hope. Dead in jail. He's like a Jeffrey Epstein type. Um, Hope springs eternal. Yeah. So uh, our last bit of mailbag, I think, is from iTunes, which still exists in this timeline, uh, from Vic- <laughs> Victo Lope Green Girl. Uh, she says, I'm assuming it's a she because it, it ends in girl. Uh, one man and one insectoid break down the best television show to air in the entire world. Bless you guys. If you love dark humor, this is definitely the show to listen to. Uh, yep. Well, here we go. Well, thank you very much for the review. We greatly yeah. appreciate it. Uh, and you'll, you'll be happy to know, obviously, at this point, that uh, Aviv is back to, to non-bug form. Yeah, I've, I well, I'm slowly going to turn into a sea monster now because of the cut on my big toe. I thought you were just going to turn into a rock. Uh, yeah, I'm like... <laughs> It's like, uh, like Spider-Man, but with a rock. Well, I mean, you were bit by a bug. You turned into a bug. We rehabbed you, and then you got cut by a rock. You're going to turn into a rock, and we got to rehab you again. Oh uh, yeah, it's the. It's, I'm going to turn into the rock, and I'll just star in a bunch of Fast and Furious movies. By the way, and I'm going to uh, smell what you're cooking. It's going to oh, be great. Perfect. Uh, so Hobbs and Shaw comes out here today. Oh yeah, the, the new Fast and Furious. Oh, I'm, I'm, thank you, Aviv. I'm, I'm aware of what it is. How did that work out for you? Did you see it yet? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably see it today. Um, but the... the Aviv, the... you need to get a job, dude. Like, what do you... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Do it over there. Like, you have way too much time on your hands. I know. Believe me, I know. Um, but the Japanese title for Hobbs and Shaw is Super Combo. Wild that's, Speed that's, Wild Speed Super Combo is what it's called. That is the most accurate description I've heard of these films. Yeah, Wild Speed Super Combo. Yep. Super yep. Best Friends. Uh, here we go. Uh, we've got we've got some podcasts to do here. Uh, so as 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 you can hear, otherwise we'll just be here for for fucking ever, just talking about whatever the fuck. Um, so uh, steer as, steer the ship back toward land, listeners. Here as we go. As you can hear in Matt's voice, uh, this week's episode of SVU is not the best because we are. Minus Not, three minutes of screen time. Minus yeah. three minutes of screen time. And that is like the best three minutes I'm, of screen time. I'm very, very, very confused at this episode. Um, it, it's It was a similar reaction and I'll, I'll like peek behind the, the curtain corner. So I, uh, Cassie and I watched Hereditary for the first time this mm-hmm, week. And spoiler mm-hmm, alerts for Hereditary. Sure. Well, I, I won't spoil it. But the moment that like shit goes down, if you've if you've ever seen Hereditary, it's it's the moment that you're thinking of. Yes, and I I had a very similar reaction to when the moment in this episode happened. I was like, "What the f- whoa? Wait, what the fuck is happening here?" If if um, there was ever a moment that deserves a chewy punch, it it is this moment. Yes, I'm dusting off the sound effect. Yes, we should we should get that out. But just a uh, so we're going to be reviewing, uh, viewing and reviewing season five, episode eighteen, 18. of SVU entitled "Careless." Uh, a reminder to our listeners that all of the episodes are available to watch on Hulu. Uh, we recommend that you watch the episode before you listen to us break it down, or in this case, you could probably skip it, um, <laughs> or don't. I don't know. Whatever. It's, do do yeah, what you want to do. For, well, we're not your mom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll probably make a little bit more sense. So, Aviv, as always, though, you are going to hit us with a 60-second recap of this week's episode. I'm, I'm two in a row. I've got it. I've, I've you are two in a the, row. Yeah. I, I feel like this is prime time to take you down, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I feel like you're getting overconfident. So, I, I don't know. This, we're going to see. This one might be like 10 seconds long. Yeah, this one's like, well, it's, I mean, it's not great. And uh, Dick Wolf. <laughs> okay. That's all you need to know. Here we go. There's... There's a really there's a random gunshot that's going to change a lot of things. I'm getting uh, so, uh for our listeners and for me in 60 seconds or less, why don't you tell us what the fuck happened in this week's episode of SVU? Okay, you guys, uh, there is a little boy who is found dead. Um, and like everyone knows that he's dead, but it's like this weird thing where the doctor is like, ah, I don't give a shit about how dead he is. Um, he's so dead that someone squeezed him so hard that they made a uh, fingerprint and ring indents in his body that are like permanent. And so it turns out he was a foster kid and his foster parents seem to be really loving. 
Um, and the, their story keeps changing about how he died, which is kind of weird. But um, it turns out that he was smothered with a pillow because he had ADHD and and epilepsy, which is like, mm, that's a lot. Um, and uh, it turns out, so the father, the foster father admits to doing it, causes the accuses the the cps person of being negligent the cps responds to this by shooting herself in the chest and then it turns out that it was like all this weird ploy by the mother in like some kind of foster kid money scam and she had there was a witness to the crime whom she had committed um and this whole episode like the first three quarters of this episode is totally boring and then the last quarter is fucking insane dick wolf i i yep. that way up no i mean it's it's, it's over it's hard i'm over it's hard to get through it's hard to get th- uh, yeah you're over you're over it's fine though it's fine we love you anyway uh, I'm a it um i mean i just my notes are like oh fuck is this the episode I think it is? And then the second I saw the dad on screen, I'm like, yep, this is the exact episode I think it is. So Have you ever seen op- this one before? No. <laughs> I mean, today, but yeah. Wait, okay. You know, so I I gotta make a comment then, Aviv. Like, we we started this podcast based off the idea that we've seen all of these episodes together. Like, uh-huh. I have seen all of these episodes. Uh-huh. I You had to have seen them with me. Or at least right. a handful of them. I don't know. So so this is this is a weird thing. And and we, we said this when we started the podcast is I, I think that I've either seen all of the episodes or the same 10 episodes over and over and over again. And thus far, we're at 100. This is our 109th episode. I have seen previously that I remember at least one. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I feel like your face blindness is bleeding into your memory as <laughs> Plot well. Blindness, like you, yeah. you had you, you had to. I know you've seen some of these with me. I mm. know it. I, I don't actually know it, but I'm like ninety nine percent certain. Like this you, has to be true. You're suspicious. Well, I'll I will be honest with the ones that I remember, but I have not remembered you, a single single one. Well, you may sing, not be the two. expert. That I thought you were going to be, and that the listeners trusted you to be in order to do this podcast, Aviv. I feel almost that you might be a fraud. Oh, yeah, you feel lied to? I'll take my leave. I, I feel... <laughs> we should get Sony back here to just take over the podcast. Like, no, yeah. I it's I just, like, I because this one isn't good, this episode. By no means, it's got a great three minutes, though, where... It's oh got a God. great... It's like, it, it really is... It's very, very bipolar... Um, and it has so, it has a it has a ride the lightning moment where you're just like here we go we're going with it let's do this and then it shifts completely in terms of narrative structure where it's like oh wait, wait what okay. like it's like it's it's like it, you, sh- you you change gears without actually hitting the clutch you're just like oh fuck okay we were we were we were also talking earlier about like the existential crises that we're both in and like this this episode like made me wonder like why people like SVU because I think that this episode doesn't understand why people like SVU or at least why I like SVU but I'll talk about that uh, maybe at the end so we open in you took the... that very deep Aviv I did not <laughs> seriously I'm, I, I'll, I'll, I'll prove my I'll, I'll pr- no my I, case. I'm I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the discussion because uh, so, it'll be interesting I'm sure so uh, we open in the ER. This kid is being brought into the ER, and the ER doctor's like, "You wait here," to the dad, and is like pretty, 
pretty terse. The doctor's kind of an asshole, um, and she's like kind of she's Wait, intubating really? him. They're trying to paddle him. Yeah, I think so. She's like being kind of a jerk to him, especially when she's working she's, on him. She's yeah, she's trying to do what she needs to do to save her. Like the but kid's he's not, life. You know, what you don't need is a parent hovering. There's a reason you. He's don't, not interfering. Look, no, but there's a reason you don't bring a parent in whenever you're working on a child. Is because you know what's going to happen if something goes wrong with that fucking kid? Yeah. They're going to freak mean, the sure. fuck out. You know what you don't need in that scenario when you're in an emergency situation? Is Someone that variable? Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, under, I understand that. But her bedside manner is like, what's he doing here? I mean, sh- I mean okay, fine. I think, I, I think you are... Interpreting her terseness as like being like purposefully snip snippy. Yeah. I'm viewing it as like I get the fuck out of here. I need to do my job. Well, it's you brought it's a fucked also up like kid in. I try to unfuck the kid. It's explained for me in a little bit because so she she gives up pretty pretty instantly. She like cuts him open for a second and then she's like, he's dead. I there's nothing I can do. I was like, what? You just all you did was slight. Okay, and th- his name is Jamie. Well, Semple. I, I've been out on that too. <clears throat> and then uh, the cops come in and the and the the doctor's like, I think he was abused because there are these like marks on his body. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why she was being like kind of an asshole to him. But I don't know. Maybe not. Um, yeah. So there are these well, marks. I, on him I, have a like, similar, I have a I have a similar note that you had in terms of like the yeah. doctor gives up pretty easily. But at the same and I was like, wow, she gave up pretty easily. But then at the same time, very like, easily. I, I, I thought about it for a second, and she was like, well, how long has he been like this? And they're like, because he's not breathing, and they're like, 30 minutes. It's like, no, that's a pretty good time to be like, oh, wait. The, he's wait, dead. It, yeah, he's super, super Because dead. if you're a doctor, and it's like <clears throat> someone's bringing like, somebody that isn't breathing, and like with urgency, you figure it's like, this must have just happened. Because it's like if, I, if, like, if I brought you into the hospital after you had stopped breathing for 30 minutes, they'd be like, he died 30 minutes ago. Yeah, maybe thirty minutes is is quite is quite a lot. Like that that's person's like dead. Flatliners territory. That's 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 beyond flat. Flatliners is was like I think it maxed out at like five, seven. Minutes, and even if yeah. they bring that kid back, someone with a hockey stick is gonna come out and beat the kid to death. So fuck it, he's dead. He was Spoilers dead five for minutes flatliners. ago. Yeah, the the so the cops come and they and apparently they were like, ah, oh, why the fuck? What the fuck? What, what the fuck took you so long, motherfuckers? And um, and the guy was like, "Oh, we brought him from church at midnight because they were praying. We were praying over him." And the cops look at the doctor. The doctor is the one that says that they're they're praying over him. The cops look at the doctor as though she was saying, "Oh, they were shoving snakes in his dick hole," like. They are mortified. Which, to be fair, mortified. I don't know every. I don't know every religion on the planet, so I don't want to. I don't want to alienate anyone. If that's your thing, snakes the dick of the dickhole dick snakes religion. Yeah, that is that is your uh, your thing. I say all that because I'm I'm gonna come down very heavily on the other side of this. Uh, like, look, I if if that's your thing, if if you are like the 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 pray for, you know whatever like for the cure to your ills uh that's it's it's frankly not my business if that's what you want to do that's that is your right you can do that by the letter of the law you are permitted to do that (laughs) i think that's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard 
But so, you know what? If that's your thing, you have the right to have your kid die for no reason on your conscience, not mine. So that so that I think that the, it's a it's a false comparison or it's a false false dichotomy, right? So it's like, yes, if you have cancer, you can go to church and you can have the people at church pray for you, and that's fine. And there's like a very very little bit of data that says that that could that might actually help you pull through because you believe people we are believing in you. We call the margin or, of error. Right, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But you don't say no to chemotherapy, right? There's this like classic classic joke of the guy on the on the roof during a flood. Do you know this joke? I don't. It's not, it's not a joke. I think it's from, what, it was on the West Wing. So uh, there's there's a flood, there's this guy sitting on the roof, and he prays to God, and he says, God, please help me. And the guy with the boat came along and and says, hey, you want to get in? And the, and the guy's like, no, I prayed for God, God's going to help me. And then a police, a police boat comes by and says, hey, do you want help? And the guy's like, no, uh, God, uh, God's going to save me. And then a helicopter comes by and throws down a ladder and is like, get on the ladder. And the guy's like, no, God's going to help me. And so the house collapsed and the guy drowned. And then he goes to heaven and he talks to God and he's like, God, what the fuck? I prayed for you. Why didn't you save me? And God's like, I sent a police boat. I sent a helicopter. What the fuck more did you want? That's the joke. Right. I, I'm, I'm simply looking at it from the perspective of this show where it's like, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun court case where it's like, does the parent have yeah, the right yeah, to yeah. be like, well, we didn't bring him to the hospital because we thought God would save him. And I thought right. it was going to be, and I, even though I know I'd seen it because I recognized it and I was, I had it like a moment where I was like, oh, it's this one. You thought that I they were going to put like, the, the pastor on trial for. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't remember like the salient. Yeah. I didn't remember yeah. the salient details of what direction it was going to go. And I thought it was that for a second. And I was like, all right, well, here's where I'm going to have to be the guy that I don't want to be where it's like, I mean, that's by the letter. I think it's dumb as hell if that's what you want to do rather than seek, you know, medical attention but that's that's a thing i guess you could you could do if you wanted to yeah i think that you can go like so if you if your hair catches on with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fire. No matter how much of a spiritual healer you are, you still, like put water like put the fire out right and so like first before you pray so uh i think that that's like that's that's the unfortunate that's that's what they didn't do so like he was he was choking and they brought him to a church because apparently they thought oh whatever so that's our theme 
Uh, well, and, no, but here's the thing. He wasn't even choking. He was just, like, freaking the fuck dead, out because yeah. he was a kid with ADHD and epilepsy. Well, that, so it's like... That's what they say. That's what they say happened, but it, but the truth is actually a little different. Um, but, well, yeah... No, they, the truth is still that he had ADHD and epilepsy because it's verified by the doctors that we've seen in the following not, scenes. But that's not why they brought him to the church that night because he was already well, dead. No, 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 I... Right. No, I get that. But here's and he, but so we'll have to have a, a more in-depth conversation about this because there's a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense in terms of that. And not just in terms of like they brought him there, but it's like we'll get we'll do it in real time. We'll do it in real time. Yeah. He's wearing a very snappy shirt that says New York City on it. It's great. New York City. So, uh so she um we come back from our theme. We find out that uh, the parents' last name is Dufroy, but the kid's last name is Semple. Um, so they're foster parents. Um, and she, he was at home taking care of the kid, um, and she was at. She runs a bodega, which is like I'm already suspicious because no one runs a bodega. It just kind of exists. They just like show up one day, um, and so uh, I mean. <laughs> Someone does something with it. Someone does, yeah. But I, but I'm pretty sure that like you wake up and then there's a bodega there one day and it's like, whatever. Um, and like the cat runs it. Um, so I, I have no reason to think that's untrue. Right. <laughs> there are magical. I have no reason portals. to think it's true either. You haven't. Um, I haven't. Nothing's been disproven to me so far. So I'm all right. I'm in. Cats so, and bodegas. Yeah, oh yeah, every bodega has a cat for sure. Um so I'm so th- so I want to go back to this the kid's body though. The kid has been squeezed so hard that there is an indentation a permanent indent finger indentation on his body. So much so that you can see that the person was wearing a ring and you can read something off the ring. How the fuck hard do you have to squeeze someone for that to happen? Well, I mean, I think as it turns out, probably not very hard because the kid was already dead. Right, but so, but this, yeah, you, you mentioned the structure of the show, right? The structure of the show is really, really weird because it's like a, it's almost like a medical mystery show, but they don't treat it as a medical mystery. It's like, oh, this weird shit happened. No one actually knows how this is even possible, but everyone's like, yeah, whatever. And then, like later on, it's explained, like, oh it's because of this and this and this, which was like not something that they were even wondering, but it was something that I was wondering. Well, no, but here's the, whenever it's revealed that the kid, spoiler alert, I know, we're going to jump all over guys tonight. So just bear with us. But like, whenever it's revealed that the kid was dead before he was even brought to the church, given everything that we had learned, like what the show is trying to do from a narrative structure in terms yeah. of the way that it is introducing. I agree with you. Uh, Plot and dialogue, it doesn't make any sense. It kind of betrays itself. Because as, okay, so as they're investigating, so they talk to the parents, they they tell them like, oh, you know, he's a foster kid. Uh, the, the mom wanted religion, part of the kid's life, so we tried to take him there a lot. So we took him there, we were praying over him, didn't work it. We he got had the, demons. Blah, 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 blah. The, the, yeah, priest, so they were like, the priest says that he had demons. And yeah, I don't think he was talking about, about like metaphorical, de- like, like I don't think the kid was an alcoholic. I think they were talking about actual demons. <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? It's SVU. Uh, but the, the the so the kid has ADHD and epilepsy. And so obviously epilepsy. the kid's gonna have yeah, so he's gonna have seizures, and apparently he's a very difficult kid. Fine. 
and someone apparently squeezed him. So you would assume, so Aviv, this is uh, a good bit of bad story, so delving into the mm-hmm. personal lives. So Aviv, you you worked at a camp for underprivileged kids for I, I some did. years. For abused who kids kid, with issues. Kids were abused, yeah. could, had issues, many of them were violent. Yes. And the thing that you were taught as a, a counselor at this school is that in the event so, that someone uh, was out of control like this was to subdue them like you, yes. you don't you don't actually hurt them but yeah, you basically you, you just restrain, you restrain them, them till they like calm the fuck down right so so yeah i was 17 years old and i received exactly one day of training and i knew not to squeeze someone to death um so basically uh, you know i can't i can't say what this foster dad what training he did get but it's there's a really simple way to restrain someone um i don't know if it's the same with someone having a seizure but if someone's just freaking out you grab their arms and you turn their arms into a straitjacket, right so you pull their right arm around their left side and their left arm around their right side and then you make them hug themselves until they calm down and the probably the worst thing that could happen in that instance is they dislocate their own shoulder or they headbutt you with the back of their head and they break your face but either way like that's neither of those things is going to kill the person that you're trying to restrain right so but but what you shouldn't do is hold them them around the chest area in such a way like in that particular like that is not a way like you could extremely suspicious and but also like makes when you realize that the kid's dead and they were probably trying to give him like the Heimlich or CPR, that makes total sense. Well, right, more but sense. But Heim- Heimlich wouldn't make sense where the markings are. <laughs> what if you're doing ring. it wrong? <laughs> well, that's I, mean, yeah, I don't even I don't even what the hell you're doing there. But anyway, it, it's just we're gonna break it, his rib and that way he'll wake up. I mean, if you're giving someone CPR, like, that actually, like... Still if, in if the you're wrong doing place, it properly, but yeah, yeah. Well, no, I know, but if you're giving someone CPR, like, if you break someone's rib while giving them CPR, that is a more common thing, and actually that means you're yeah, you applying them, a lot of pressure them. onto the yeah. heart to pump the blood. So, like, that's a, a sign of something good that is happening, even though, like, a broken rib. Broken rib P- is better P- than dead. PSA, uh, CPR on children you have to do with one hand because you'll c- kill them. That is true. So, so it's it's quite possible. And also, that, like, we should also mention the fact that the dad is built like he is a gigantic man. He's a brick shit house. Yeah, but like uh, none of these things are none of these things are even run down. Like it's like th- there could have been a, a discussion where he's like, did they try to give the kid CPR, and is that how he got fucking crushed? But like, no, did they, they just do it incorrectly? It. And it's like yeah. the intention would like you could still probably make a charge, but the charge wouldn't be murder. It would be like no, it would be manslaughter whatever. or like negligent something. Like there's there's a whole there no, nothing about this seems right, and everyone no. seems to just kind of be like everyone just accepts it. Like it's confirmation bias. The episode where they're like, "Well, this it is hat. like," and, and they and they paint they they like as soon as they said that that they were doing like faith healing or whatever, they're like, "Oh, well, it's clearly the faith healers. I don't care what they did or how they did it. It's just them," you know. Like they right. stop they stop actually trying to investigate. But the yeah, so they talk to the priest. The priest says he has demons. They also talk to the ACS worker. I don't know what ACS stands for, but in, we call it CPS, Child Child Protective Services. It's the same. Same shit, right? 
I don't know what ACS uh, stands for. Yeah, it's it's uh, something child services. I don't know. I almost said yeah. American child services. Associ- yeah, association of child services. Anyway, it's, uh, th- yeah. her the, the the dead boy's uh, ACS worker is who I immediately like her like her visage on screen and her voice and everything about this character. I'm like, I don't like her. Oh, do you not know I where immediately she's from? Sus- no. Oh, that's Julie Haggerty from Airplane. Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. I actually Ted. just rewatched Airplane not that long ago, and it yes, didn't. Yes, that's even, Julie Haggerty even... from Airplane. Super holds up. Airplane is it, still very fun. I, it's yes, I left. I don't holds up. I don't know if I would say holds up. It's still very funny. I saw. I saw it at uh, the New Beverly, which is Quentin Tarantino's theater, and one of the like jive talking guys showed up to do like a Q&A about just being the dive talking guy. It was amazing. Um, yeah, oh, I should also Julie. say, BT Dubs listeners, if you are picking up anything, it is there's a thunderstorm going on outside and I can't really do anything about that. So if you're Spooky. hearing something in the background, I apologize. Yeah, so Julie Haggerty, she plays a woman named Mariel Plummer and Mariel Plummer is like the, the, the caseworker and she's painted as like she loved this kid. There's like home video of her like playing with the kid and she was like heartbroken when he got adopted or like or placed in foster it was like she had uh let's call it a special relationship with this kid but here's the thing as soon Much as i like saw the US her my, my hackles were up about as high as they could possibly be as soon as she waltzed on the screen. I was like, Yeah, well, she's got those weird, did. giant, like, moon face eyes. Um, she's also, she's trying way too hard in every scene. And I don't know if She's it, also I, the I most famous was... actor in the episode, so therefore she did it, which I'm like, Whoa, I was wrong. Kind of. Eh, I think, I think whenever this episode came out to say that she was the most famous actress, I think, like, at one point in time, perhaps. She's the most famous actress in this, most famous guest star in this episode. Unless, I guess, Cress Williams I is didn't, like Aviv, pretty I famous. didn't recognize her. You know who I recognized more and mm. was more excited to see? CCH Pounder. Ah, I love a CCH Pounder. Like, the, and we'll get into that, the irony of her being in this episode. But fucking, like... CCH Pounder, I barely know her. Good night, everyone. I... All right, well, that concludes uh, Dick Wolf. Uh, there you go, guys. Bye. No, fucking, like, I, to say that she was the most famous person, like, she may have been in a big movie in the fucking 70s, but, like... Airplane was 1980, my friend. And she was also in Airplane oh, 2, the sequel. Shot in the 70s, though, I imagine. Airplane 2, the sequel, was shot in the 80s. No, what it is, Jive Turkey? Original, anyway. original airplane. Uh, so yeah, original airplane. That, by the way, my mom said that uh, when she was pregnant with me, she almost had a miscarriage because she was watching that movie and laughing so hard. So, uh, thanks, oh, guys. Boy, that was an interesting piece of trivia. Near, yeah, uh, to near, me, <laughs> as one of your best friends for many years, didn't know yeah, that weird. story. But like. When would I? When could I possibly have worked that in? Other I mean, that's today. a good point. I think the thing that's weirder for me is the fact that I don't think I've ever seen your mom laugh. That's also true. My mom has a really good laugh when you can get her going. Um, so I don't believe uh, it for a fucking second. <laughs> 
picture. Get the fuck out, motherfucker. I don't buy it. Um, there's like a very there's there's a very few like if you hit her at the on the right topic. Anyway, uh, from the IMDb, when Finn and Munch are talking to Melinda Warner, Finn walks near a dead body, the dead the dead body of the boy, and his foot moves when the camera pans over it. So, there you go. Thank you, Fucking IMDb. Fucking kid actors, man. Fucking kid uh, actors. So, like that little kid who points to his dick in Back to the Future 3. What was that? <laughs> so, okay. This is like a... I'm sure some of our listeners will know what I'm talking about. So, at the end of Back to the Future 3, Doc shows up on the time train with uh, with Mary Steenburgen, and he's got two kids, right? Jules and Vern. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the the uh, the little one, the, the smaller one, whose name is Vern, uh, he he's blonde. And there's like a shot where he's in the background. They're like pushing in on Doc as he's saying a thing. And as the camera's pushing in, the kid like makes the like come here hand gesture and then points to his dick. And he's like, I don't know, seven years old. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't hear what you said super clear. I thought you said something like he pulled his dick out, and I was like, "Fuck!" And that made no, the that's, cut. That, that's Teen Wolf. There's an extra that pulls his dick out in Teen Wolf. What the fuck? What? <laughs> All right. This. What? No. Really? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. No, god damn it. Why the, must you tell me the, this? In the gym. Because now next time you watch Teen Wolf, you're going to be looking for it. Like, where's Waldo? You know, I was going to rewatch Teen Wolf the other day. I was like, I'm going to hold off to the weekend to watch it. Like, I'm going to be in and a good now, mood. I'm going to yeah. watch Teen Wolf. And now all I'm going to be looking bath- for is dicks. All I'm going to look for is fucking dicks. Harry Teen Wolf dicks. Tell you what scene all over it's the in, place. or do you want to just look for dicks no, indiscriminately? No, no. I, I want to be surprised of Eve. You already told me it's in the gym, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil the dick and Teen Wolf. It's like a it's like a half mass spoiler. It's like a it's like a roll of nickels. Fucking um, god damn it! So it's over. It's over. This podcast is over, guys. It's done. It's over. So uh, the, the talking the, Teen Wolf dicks. Why is anyone listening to this? The priest said that Jamie's in a better place now. And they so they also okay, but go- so we need to talk about the priest performance though because I I, I I have to comment on this like sure okay I don't care how strong of a, of a person of faith of you are and if you are great good do whatever the fuck you want to do that's great if that's if that's your bag that's your bag but even if you are the most devout person of whatever faith that you follow whenever someone dies even if you're like you know that if you if you firmly like if you know stone cold stamp that shit like they're in a better place like you're still fucking bummed out about the fact that yeah, the person died because they're not yeah. around anymore like you you're not like no one like it's a human reaction i don't care like how strong your faith in the afterlife is 
this is not the way that a person normally reacts to a loss of someone that they know that they're close with, particularly a child. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. He, he's. That's he's why I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. like, I, right? Am I wrong? Like, I realize no, people grieve in their wrong. own way. I fully understand that. But even if you grieve in your own way, like everyone has kind of a general kind of like bummer demeanor that they put on, unless you're really happy, in which case you're immediately a suspect. Like I, you yeah. know, it's just he's, it didn't he's like true. well, well. That's the way the cookie crumbles, and then like goes about his day. Um, so yeah, oh, this needs some dusting. Um, so yeah, uh, they also talk to he's like a shrink and or social worker, and he's been in another episode. He like played like some rabbi in another episode, but he's the one that yes. said that that Jamie is uh was had ADHD and epilepsy. And um, there's this thing called SIDS E, like sudden infant death epilepsy syndrome, and uh, and the 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 foster parents wanted to um, to send the foster parents wanted to like go to this faith healing church, and he was like, "Yo, that's fucking weird and dangerous. So you have to either pick the church or or me." And they're like, well, the church, bye. Well, here, so here's the thing, like, because this doctor, and I believe, yes, he was in another episode. I recognize him. He's in other stuff, too. Uh, but he he was in the, I think you're right, he played the rabbi in the Tay-Sex episode, um, uh, which was another gut-wrenching episode. No, if that was the one, there's like a, so the guy's name is Steven Schnetzer. That's the actor's name. He uh, he plays Doctor Ingalls on the show. Yeah, he was on the he was the rabbi in Mercy. You're absolutely right. But he was also yeah. th- uh, he played Doctor Ingalls one other time in between that, which is in Manic, which is the school shooting one, um, where the with the Culkin boy, where he like pretended that there was he oh was, like, the the multimill Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the our one with uh, Jeff May, right? Yes, yes, it was mm. the multiple. Yeah, so, so yeah, that so you we were both right. Um, any <laughs> fart. Uh, so they finally talk but, to, but he, but his, he, like, can we point mom. out the fact that he says, to, but he also says like we were giving him medication for epilepsy. Well, that's good because you can't really like there's talk therapy. He's not gonna solve that problem and then he's like and we were giving him therapy have for you tried ADHD. not being epileptic have you tried that have you given it a shot maybe you should give it a shot maybe but th- he also says the fact that he was working with uh with him on therapy for the adhd and my my immediate question was like well we're giving a medication for epilepsy there is there's medication for adhd as well why why wasn't that being undertaken and i understand the kid's very young so maybe you don't want to give a kid that young yeah, those it messes kind of up meds. the brain chemistry yeah no i get that but it's like i don't know it just seemed odd that it's like they're they're turning to medicine except for in this one particular case and then they went to faith healing it's like well why did you believe in medicine on the one half and then the other half it's like well fuck that Fuck your medicine. Medicine can't help. Only God can help. Except for the epilepsy medicine. Except for the which epilepsy. Which science total. Except, you know, science. God wanted science to, to solve that one. But the rest of the shit, he just was like, no, nah, I got that shit. Don't worry about looks, it. Bring it to me. I got like it. You, 
looks like you've got a little too much ADHD and not enough G-O-D. This episode makes me want to set fires to buildings. Um, and so they find out that the there's this thing about the Milwaukee church and the Toronto blessing. They like investigate the preacher and it turns out that he was like not as crazy. And then he got taken in by this Toronto airport church thing and decided that he could like lay hands on people and speak in tongues. What the fuck was the tie in with the Toronto international airport? I guess there was a church that started in the Toronto international airport that made people crazy. Tale as old as time, Matthew. Like I, it doesn't seem very polite, and that doesn't seem very Canadian. Hardly. Well, yeah, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's why it's the airport. Like, it's like not actual Canadians. It's just people taking refuge from their countries in the airport, starting a church. It's te- it's past the security checkpoint, so technically it's international waters. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like the plot of uh, the, the terminal. terminal. <laughs> exactly. It's like you fucking get to eat ketchup packets and then faith heal people or murder them in the airport. You decide. It's the Toronto International Airport. It's Thunderdome. I shower in janitor's closet. Um, it's Thunderdome. The Toronto International Airport is Thunderdome. You can start T- that room Tina Turner's there playing the saxophone. It's fucking true. It's fucking great. Mel Gibson may or may not show up. Who knows? He's going to call someone sugar tits. Um, so... It turns out that the guy, the 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 priest had this ring that was his grandfather's with the initials J-O, and his name isn't J-O, but they could, like, read the inscription in in the boy, on the boy's skin, and so they, they bring the, they bring him in and are like, oh, you, you strangled this kid to death, like, you, we have your, you, we got you, and he's like, like I didn't, I was healing him. episode? It is it doesn't a seem episode. like a fan ep- but it doesn't seem like it because there's a lot of stuff going on. But like, only toward the end do you get like the real like Finn emotional. You know what stuff. I'm saying? Like yeah. the Finn yeah, scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah like this. You know, whatever you lot, know, it's that person's episode. There's a lot of shoe leather in the first like three quarters of this episode that like Which I, I don't appreciate. actually care. Oh, I just don't care about it. So like the 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 priest says that he was healing him and he must have held him too tight and. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna book you." And then Cragen stops them because Melinda Warner has a lot of tough medical words to say. Well, we also have to talk about the fact that in a previous scene, and like in Around the Horn, like they had specifically called out. I think it was actually right before they went into question uh, the the Reverend or what the Father Reverend, however he refers. Yeah, I, to I'm just calling him a priest because I'm Jewish and I don't know the difference. We'll just call him a priest. Like, before they go in, they specifically call out, like, the cause of death. They're like, that's ah, probably death by epileptic seizure. I'm like, why are the cops investigating this? I get this how, a bunch yeah, of shit that, that they possible? should. But, like, whenever the cause of death is ruled, like, an epileptic seizure, uh, that's... Okay. Well, that's, see you next week, everyone. Well, yeah, like, I'll see you poker night, guys. Like, that's, that's the ball game. And then they're like, no, it's not, because there was... So fuck it. So they go to Warner, and and Warner finds a bunch of chemicals, a flame retardant, and like fabric in his lungs. So it turns out he was smothered by a pillow. He, he she's also like, oh, by the way, there's no way that those fingerprints could could make that mark on a living boy. What is wrong with you people? He was already dead, and rigor had started to set in, so his skin was like waxy. Okay, and so here 
here is the the whole linchpin of the episode where I'm like, none of this makes any sense. The entire episode, the entire, up to this point, all we have heard about was how the kid was out of control. We showed the video of him, like, just, like, trying running to get all over the place. Trying to calm down, like a, yeah. Like, trying to get him to calm down. And so the assumption is that, and they even do a demonstration where Liv, like, bear hugs Kragen from behind in terms of and trying Kragen's to like, seduce oh, someone. human connection. Oh, oh, thank you. Uh... So the assumption, and I want to get your thoughts on this. The assumption is, okay, they they squeezed him so tight because they were trying to restrain him and it just Correct. went wrong, right? Correct. They, that is what they lead everyone to believe. They introduced the whole thing about the, the church in Milwaukee where everyone was laying on the kid to heal him because he was freaking out or whatever like that. So we're all, it's supposed to be, they've set it up where we as the viewer are supposed to think. The kid is out of control. This was a subduing gone wrong combined with some faith healing, which also went wrong. Like, that's the case. But then we come to find out that the the kid was dead before he even stepped foot, his dead little fucking foot, inside the fucking church. Why in fucking hell was the preacher squeezing him that fucking hard? It's a dead body. It is literally a dead weight mass why did no one realize that and why would you squeeze someone that hard so they they try to explain it away by saying after a it doesn't make no but it doesn't work it no i no i agree so like there but why would you but why would you squeeze someone that why are they squeezing them that hard they're not subduing him why are they squeezing him that hard why so so that so because so there are layers of cover-up right so it so the, the onion gets peeled and they start to say oh well he was in a he was in a coma uh after his seizure so we were trying to wake him up we weren't trying to restrain him like we said before we were trying to wake him up but we didn't tell you that be, but we're still innocent but we didn't tell you that because reasons but in in actuality the kid was dead right and so you're asking like why the fuck do you squeeze a kid that hard when he's dead i don't know maybe it was like a failed cpr thing or a failed heimlich thing but, but that's like not what, very poorly but that's, done. That's not what's on screen. That's not what's in the script. That's not the dialogue that's delivered. I agree. So it's it's what, total if nonsense. If you were writing this episode, why would you do that? It does nothing would, but serve to confuse the audience. It's like it's a red herring, but it's not an earned red herring. It's just bad I writing. Also th- I also think that that there there needs to be a scene. Maybe it was like cut out in favor of someone shooting themselves in the chest. But there needed to be a scene of like, oh, this could be consistent with C- with poorly done CPR because X or Y or Z. That's the only way it could right. ever and make that sense. Right, and that would that would add another layer of ambiguity to this. It would make it interesting. It would make the the law portion or the order, I guess, portion of this much more interesting because then it's like, what does Novak do? Because the the until they realize that he was smothered. Yeah. Well, but like, but every right, I'm not an idiot for thinking this. Like they set this up intentionally. Yes. Well, or maybe unintentionally. May, maybe I don't know. intentionally, or may, yeah, maybe it's just an oversight in some way. But it's like it really is just That's like so le- left huge, hanging. No, it's huge. Like yeah. you, you right screen and teleplays. Like I sure how, do. How do you fuck that up that much? Um, no one reads your draft. You're, you're like, ah, this is perfect. Draft one, send. And everyone's like, all right, I guess. Um, but yeah, someone this, someone like, reads that from the network. Yeah, there's got to be someone to be like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. It's just, Please. oh, my God. 
it was fucking infuriating. I'm like, wait, because I was with it the whole time, and then they said that. I was like, you have undone everything. Yeah. With three three lines of dialogue, you have fucked this up to such oh, they, a degree where I can, now am just continue to like, fuck it up. They absolutely continue right. to fuck it up. But th- this is this is where the bike starts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's to get wobbly, where you're like, okay, <laughs> they're, they're, you're trying, okay. This, this is probably not going to end well. We've lost one engine. We should be fine as long as we don't lose another engine. Does airplane anyone reference. here know how to fly an airplane? And we're out of coffee. No coffee. No coffee. Okay, so it like, turns this out... This is the point that the fucking... The, the, the automatic pilot has gone down and... and in She's got to blow it up. Um, so... Melinda, Ooh, so a chock full of airplane references. Melinda Warner has to say all these tough medical words, but all she means is he was smothered with a cushion, and it he was struggling so much that it wound up in his lungs. So they killed him at home and potentially tried to revive him at the church, which ultimately makes more sense that why they wouldn't take him to a hospital because they're like, "Well, okay. you killed this boy." So I got, I gotta, I gotta stop you here, Aviv. I gotta, I have to, I have to stop you here. Because you are giving the show entirely too much a credit lot at this of credit. point. Yeah. Because at zero point in time does anyone say at any the cops, the any people of that this. actually ended yeah. up doing it, does anyone say anything about they were trying to revive him? No, but I'm. This is an assumption that I'm making. Well, but but you're you're making like facts not found in evidence, counselor. Like, what are you Christ. talking about? No one has said anything about this. They said they were trying to wake him up, but no one said, like, we were trying to resuscitate him. It was like, you know, the fucker squeezes him, and then sometimes he wakes up. It's but Except for this time, he was dead. Like, no, no, like, it's not a defense that's offered by anyone. <laughs> it's not a theory that's run down by anyone. No, Warner doesn't total, say it. We're like, totally a, made up Warner doesn't even me. hint about the fact that it's like, it's possible. Like, normally she'll like present all sides of it. Like, a, a Melinda Warner, the only, by the way, like, we should start like a spinoff podcast where it's called like the Melinda Warner podcast, where it's just like, here's how she, Melinda Warner saves the things, day in this yeah. week's episode. Here's how our detect, our elite squad of detectives don't do their jobs. Like, this is this this ep- this episode makes me want to fucking tear my hair out. Like it is, except for three minutes of screen time. In which case, I'm like, I want this episode blown out to forty two minutes. Can we have so, this? So they go to investigate the the house, the 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 uh, foster house, and they find like blood on the kid's mattress, and they're like, and the mom's like, the foster mom's like, oh. 
it that's probably chocolate milk. Wait, you know, red chocolate milk. What the f- like that is a the that what the fuck are you talking about? What you know who says I, that? A murderer. Guilty people. Yeah, and guilty so, people say that. So spoiler alert! Like d- dumb guilty people. So th- so they they arrest the or they question the foster father who breaks a little bit and gives us the classic like I just wanted him to sleep. And as she does that, the foster mother like bursts in there and is like, "We're getting a lawyer." Well, okay. So here's I, uh, I have a couple okay, good. notes. I have a couple notes. I have a couple notes. First note: uh, Sam is the dad's name. I don't yeah, remember sorry. the actor. He's been in stuff. Uh, yeah, so Sam's the dad's name, and and his uh, the actor is Cress Williams. He plays Black Lightning now, which is pretty good. Oh, well, there you go. Um, um, but so but he I, was he's been in a million gajillion things. He was on Friday yeah. Night Lights. Uh, he was on Prison Break. He was on Grey's Anatomy. He was on ER. Everything. He was. You in you would two, know him if you saw him. Two episodes of The West Wing. Yeah. He's like a oh he's, like a he's the guy that had the open Pabst. Yes, Lester. Uh, he he's like a low rent or maybe high rent Michael T. Williams. His name is Cress Williams. Depends on the the rent depends on the year. Yeah, true. Um, he's, it depends, he's on, it depends on the market rate for for Michael um, T. Williams. Yeah, exactly. It depends on the market. Uh, he he's like Michael T. Williams is like a lobster. It's market rate. Like it really it depends. And he's Sometimes. six four and a half. He's like a huge dude. Yeah, he's a he's a gigantic dude. Uh, he's the dude from the West Wing. For anyone that watched that, is the he's the guy that was going to play for Ohio State, uh, but he had an open can of Pabst. Because anyway, it's good good episode. Good episode. Uh, so we're is and the, is, and he's, the, the foster mother is um, is Melinda Williams. N- no relation, I think. Um, okay. And sh- her her name she was in high school high. Her name and soul food. Her name is Lori Ann. Lori Ann Dufoy. <clears throat> yes. So are they trying to Sam? Their decisions are being made on the part of the actor. Correct. Is he supposed to be challenged in any sort of a way? <laughs> You know what? I I felt a little bit of that. He's just like kind of a simple guy, right? He's just like a simpleton, right? I, I my my notes simple is actually the word. Like, is is that are we supposed like? Is, it's never brought up, and it's there's not no used posted in the defense, note, right? There's no there's posted no posted note. note. There's no posted note. But you know, like I feel like he's making decisions that are supposed to make him as such. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's he is a little simple. And in the in the like double interrogation because they're interrogating both of them at the same time. In the double interrogation, Lorianne says that he was a basketball player. He was gonna. Well, it's not Lorianne. It's one of the cops. Uh, he was a basketball player. He no, was gonna it's be, the social worker. Ah, uh, yes. He was gonna be drafted by the NBA, but he had a knee injury, and she like stood by him, um, and is the breadwinner by running this bodega. I don't know, man. Yeah, he seems a little. Down, he seems a little simple. Yes, right. But like, they never run that down. So it's just like, yeah. let's. Yeah, that's like that's like that's a scenario of like I'm just gonna leave that right here, and then it's just a lot never of threads. Addressed and a lot you of walk threads away. for sure. It's like why would you? Um, why would you? Oh do yeah, that? 
Julie Haggerty is the one that gives the backstory. Um, yeah, so, because I, I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, that's a really try-hard move where it's like, hey, you know what? She's like, I know everything about this. I'm like, you're trying too hard. You don't know yeah. anything about anything, and you are just, you want everyone to think you do? You know Back why I know you that? You got the from Wikipedia. I do that move. That's a yeah. that's a Matt Reuter move, where, like, no, like, three details, and hammer on those three details, so it makes you seem like you know what you're doing, but you don't have any fucking idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, later on, Julie Haggerty's like, so let's talk about your basketball career. Right. Like, fucking, this is, this fucking uh, episode, don't, man. Don't like, shit a is... shitter, man. So, but, but right? it's like, it's weird because she's just allowed to burst in there and be like, this interview's over. Then I even wrote it down. I was like, that's not how this shit works. She's not a lawyer. She's not a representing him. She doesn't get to just break up this interrogation. Why did no one stop her? Why did Munch not stop her? Because he runs in the room afterwards. behind her. Yeah. So, so they finally track down this dead boy's birth mother and she's like, I found out from the television. Thank you for that. Everyone's going to pay. You're going to pay, and the city's going to pay, and the cops are going right, to pay, and they're going to pay. And she's like, this is, oh, geez. This, this is where it's like, oh, boy, okay. So they're like, what, like why am I finding about this from, like, the 6 o'clock news? And they're like, well, we tried to call you. We couldn't get a hold of you. Like, what what, what would you have us do? And then she we'll goes up and put it on like, the news, oh. maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, the news is the news. That's that's the press. That's not the cops. But yeah. fucking so she she starts railing. She's like, and they and like the foster parents are gonna pay, and you're gonna pay, and the city's gonna pay, and that social worker's gonna pay. I'm like, are you making terroristic threats in a fucking police station to the police? Because and they, they I understand you're upset, but like yeah, this seems down. like you are. This is like a manifesto that you were like trying to dictate to someone who's not taking notes. Um, they also say like. You know, it's not, it's like, oh, this is all about money. And she's like, no, it's not all about money. Narrator voice. It turns out it was all about money because she had like I know. a bunch Ron of. Ron Howard drops in. It's like, it yeah. was. <laughs> it turns out she had like a bunch of credit card fraud wraps that she had to pay back. So this is the thing where it's like, I, this is when I was at the point where it's like, I don't think this episode even knows what it's trying to do. And I'll I tell agree. you why. Because. I, I definitely the, agree later. We get the the birth mother coming in, who obviously is, you know, mildly upset because her child was taken away from her and then died in the care of the foster kids. Uh, Horrible tragedy to lose a child, regardless of circumstance. Just that's horrific. And I understand why she's upset. And when she's basically threatening to, to murder a bunch of people, I get that heat at the moment. You just found out your kid's dead outside of your control. Like, horrific. All of it's horrific. And so, like, you have some amount of sympathy for her because you know she's a mom who lost a kid it, it's it's hard to not feel and then the show's just like but here's why you shouldn't care about this woman and it just it's like well then why did you need to do any of this this was yeah. completely unnecessary maybe to she's just dead what, then yeah what did this she never accomplish? comes back like she doesn't need to come back why yeah what i don't work, know what work is this doing they they could have the they could have replaced this with the CPR scene that we're we're clamoring for. But like but it just all it does is serve to make her look bad for no apparent reason. Because yeah. even whenever she's because the mom says like, "Oh, when I saw my son, he said that the the foster parents were were abusing him." There's no there's no sign of abuse although i guess we're supposed to maybe infer but it's too long of a walk to get there because they find the blood of the spo- at the end spoiler alert not, that there was the other foster kid that kid, was there yeah. but like but we never call back to the fact that the birth mother said that 
So yes. it doesn't even corroborate what we find out later. We only lean on the forensic evidence. So why did we need the lead-in with her? Because that's the only reason that's in the, the script. That's the only conceivable reason yeah. why you would need to waste that much time on screen with that. Again, and, and it's it's pointless. It's extraneous at best. To to channel the like media studies of it all, there are three black women in this episode. Yeah, one is Melinda Warner, who's the best. The other two are fucking awful. So like this mother fight. is like like this welfare queen. The other mother is a spoilers murderer. Yeah, and the the thing to to really like just like let's let's stamp the the eighties fever dream that like of the welfare queen it's like oh yeah. or, or i mean that's that's our murderer but like w- the other woman is like oh she w- what she had credit card fraud which is why she went to jail and then so they're like oh that's why she wants to like sue the city is to clear her like fraud debts yeah, yeah. i'm like like no one actually cares and other than cch pounder is also pretty pretty cool um Speaking of Welfare Queens, by the way, I just listened to the dollop on the original Welfare Queen, the dollop podcast. It's a history podcast. Um, yep, and I'm no, I know the dollop. It is. The, the Welfare Queen episode is fucking amazing um, because it's basically all, all welfare abuse stems from this one person who was just like an amazing con artist and driving around in Cadillacs and shit. Um, anyway... Uh, but so, also they they also we if if the credit card fraud wasn't enough we also had to be like oh her kid drowned in the bath because she was on the phone to the other room and it's like I mean that's awful that's bad and that's that's probably negligent but I have no idea like there was no other context of like she was on the phone for all we know it's like she was on the phone she found out her mom just died and she was crying on the phone while her she was ordering a pizza like, yeah. Well, but here's the thing. But it's not like, oh shoot, like you know, it's just like, why? What was it's, the fucking? It's such a lazy point, throwaway. It's so, it's very, very. That's lazy. that's the perfect word. It is lazy because you're not you're not building story here. Yeah, you're, not at you're, all. It's like you are literally just like putting something shiny over there because you're distracted from the fact that this is a shit episode. So yeah, and also it's, this it's ep- sprinkled this- in drama for no fucking reason because they think it'll give them more credibility and leverage that this is a better episode than it actually is. And and the the whole next storyline is is evidence of that because like this episode could have been over in ten minutes. They think it's the foster parents. It is the foster parents, but they take this detour to put ACS on trial, and so Julie Haggerty is so we have sexy Tony Shalhoub, right again. Yes, and and he and he uncovers this uh, this nine one one call or not this nine one one call this call uh, to ACS from the, our our foster no. dad who we think is it's a not ACS. Slow. It's, do you know what it is? It's not ACS. Nine one one. No, it's what the it? child abuse hotline. Amazing. Now I have some questions. I have some questions. A. Lay it on me. A suicide prevention hotline is to prev- if you are in crisis and you think you're going to kill yourself, you're supposed to call them. They're supposed to talk to you, talk you through it, so you don't. You know, life is worth it. Don't kill yourself. If th- there is a hot like a crisis hotline for if you are in whatever state of crisis to call them, they'll try to talk you down, whatever like that. There is a number of like abuse hotlines, so they can advise victims of abuse how to get help, how to get out of their situation, how to you know, and then go from there. The but there's something about the fact that it's called the child abuse hotline. It's like, are and they ask the guy on the phone, he's like, "Are you calling to report child abuse?" 
And, and he's like, no. He was like, no, I just... But, like, he's supposed to call because he's about to abuse the child? Is that what I'm supposed to understand? The child, like, like I'm about to smack my kid up. I gotta call this hotline number. Like, Don't do that it. Seems, that seems less likely to me than all of the other ones where it's like, I'm in crisis, I'm being beaten, or, like, I'm experiencing a high or amount of despair. I'm considering killing myself. A child. Right. I understand, like, if, it's, if the child abuse hotline is like, I am witnessing child abuse, I'd like to report right. my neighbor for abusing a child yes i'm about to beat my child i should dial this number it seems a little bit of a stretch to me compared to other crisis hotlines i don't know calm down carl calm down carl remember the number and that was the the call where he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna abuse this kid i'm gonna be i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna fucking do it i need some help i'm this kid's gonna get abused this is on you, um, not me. I'm telling you that I'm abused the kid. You're not stopping is, me, so therefore I've is, absolved myself of all responsibility. It is also entirely possible that he is... Once again, I am making connections that are absolutely not there. So I'll say that right, right off the top. Right, because you're an intelligent person and you do this for a living. So you are it making is, the connections. It is entirely possible that he's calling that number because Lorianne is about to abuse the kid. And he doesn't actually say it. He doesn't get it out. That's lazy screenwriting, then. It is I, extremely I'm lazy. With you, I am. I am. I am creating a better episode than it there was, and I, I'm aware of that. Yeah, it's, you're welcome. Fucking this fucking episode, man. Like this is this is not good. A lot of ups and downs in this in in this season. So, uh, so, but he says on the on the call that he called ACS like a million times, and Marielle didn't call back he called three times the day that the kid died and four times the week before nope reverse that okay four times the day that the kid died three times the week before um mariel didn't take didn't tell the cops any of this and they're like huh i wonder why mariel didn't tell tell us any of this dumb and they go back and they bring sexy Tony Shalhoub back and he's like, funny, all of these trip reports are were edited yesterday and so that's odd. Yeah. Well, weird. Um, and so so there's this interesting moment where uh, Cabot talks to Cragen about who she's going to go after first because she's got Sam, the dad, for murder. Oh, and she's, and I she's have notes. Oh, Marielle. my God. The notes. The notes do I have. Yeah, and she's got Marielle for I don't know child abuse or negligence or you know what. Uh, it was for t- tampering. It was for tampering with public records, and which is like a which is for, like a bogus whatever. Not bogus, no, but like actually, that that is the that is the appetizer. That's the susan. Yeah, so she's got her she's got her dead to rights on that charge actually yeah and, and she cops to it uh, and the other one is basically like it's like criminally negligent homicide or or something to that effect because she wasn't conducting her visits right, her, she should her and then she falsified yeah. her records to to, to cover it cover up. that up and then ultimately resulting in the the death of a child so like that that's the charge Cragen is talking to Novak as they're walking along the street. It's like it, it looks like they're about to go get a hot dog, like yeah. Jack McCoy mm-hmm. does in Original yep. Recipe. They don't, because uh, you know Novak's above that. Um, she only and, eats bratwursts. What's above well, that? She, <laughs> uh, sausage. Yeah, whatever. Brats, sausage. No, no, it depends. But 
Kragen, like, is it's he delivers a in case you missed it, folks, line where he's like, Well, this is this is very difficult because if you like convict one before the other, like one's gonna undermine the other because he's Sam's gonna say that he tried to reach out to ACS and ACS didn't respond, so they're responsible. But if you go after her that and convict her, then he can go back and say that, you know, she's she, responsible. She did. So it's, yeah. So, but she makes a comment, which I was like, this is why, this is an episode where I'm really, and it's like, I am so opposed to everything that happens in it. Again, minus the three minutes that are going to be fucking out of nowhere and insane and awesome. And I think the reason it's awesome is because it's such a juxtaposition from the rest of the episode. But the fact that she's like, well, I have to, I have to go after the little fish before I go after the big fish. Which one's the little fish? But here's the thing. It's like. I have to go after the little fish to get the big fish. And it's like, I'm picturing it on the page in my mind. It's like, little fish, and then, comma, I'm going to book Marielle's court date. Implying that Marielle is the smaller fish in Which this case. Which is incorrect. Allow, yeah, allow us to break down why that is the dumbest possible thing that could possibly be said by characters that we are supposed to assume are of reasonable intelligence on screen. She is responsible for the welfare of many kids. The kid yeah. that Sam was responsible for is now dead because he killed him. That situation is over. There is no one else a threat. That is the small fish in this. You get him to roll to get the other one that's in charge of 20 kids. What the fuck? Like, how much are they trying to insult our intelligence as viewers? Of even the future. Uh, Do they think that the- we are so fucking stupid that it's like, oh, the someone who's been... Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, writers. Fuck you, Dick Wolf. Fuck you, the actors that delivered these lines and never said, like, hey, by the way, this doesn't make any fucking sense. They're just cashing their paychecks, man. Uh... Of even the future, grab the sound clip from Star Wars Episode One where Liam Neeson says, "There's always a bigger fish." Please and thank you. There's always a bigger fish. Why? What? And it's not even run down. They don't even nope. try to justify the argument. They just say, "Like, here's the argument. Don't question it. You're watching." Dick Wolf's Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Don't think about a unit. It's also like really, it, it, it's also the easier case, right? Like like Sam's is the easier case. He basically has admitted everything, and so he's confessed. Right. It's so not like, even a why, case. Yeah. Why? Why would you? Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, not to mention like he's the only character in this entire episode that has demonstrated any variety of remorse because Muriel, while I understand her argument, it just seems indignant at the fact that anyone would question the fact that what she did resulted in someone's death, which FYI, it did. You can plead circumstance, which I agree, and the fact that this show demonizes social workers and it does at every turn should be criminal in and of itself. But, like, you can't have it both ways, show. You cannot. So, the, the CCH Pounder is the one defending uh, Muriel, and, and she grabs Cabot outside of the court and is like, ah, but the Constitution, because I guess the 14th Amendment says 
she's like, for, remember the 14th Amendment? And I'm like, I clearly don't. I'm about to go look it up when uh, Judge Petrovsky says it in the next scene. Uh, a state agency isn't required to protect citizens from f- private violence. Then what the fuck are the police for? Well, no, I think here's the thing. It's I think it's the, it's the scenario where because I think it's the, it's the same thing happens on the on the state, local and federal level. Like you can't sue the president because something goes wrong in your life because of a policy that was enacted. Sure. Like you can't like you, that's fucking ins- you can't sue the king because you don't like your lot in life and claim it was because of whatever the fuck happened. Like yeah, we what can the fuck take the police their for? Head. Yeah. Right, but the fucking, like, the police are, like, yeah, they are there to protect and serve, but, like, if someone dies as a result of a homicide, that doesn't mean the police are liable because they didn't, st- like, this isn't Minority Report, like, they because they didn't stop it, they're liable, fuck you, no, that's the argument that's being made, and I understand the argument that CCH Pounder is making, she apparently is just a bad lawyer in the way that she argues, because the, the judge is like, yeah, no, you lose, CCH Pounder. By the way, we have to talk about the irony of the CCH Pounder appearance here, can we? Lay it please? on me. Do you remember the last time CCH Pounder was on this show? No. Who was she defending? I don't remember. Novak, as not Novak. Oh, was she really? In, in the male rape case. Oh, shit, was she really? Yes. CCH Pounder, barely knew her. CCH Pounder was the defense attorney because, like, there was the whole thing where they were on the stand where CCH Pounder's, like, interrogating one of the other people that was involved in the rape. He's like, so you raped her, not my client, who was fucking Casey Novak, was Diane Neal. Shit. So... And then Diane Neal wipes the floor with CCH Pounder in this episode on the fucking motion. Uh, I don't know if you're correct because, okay, I'm, I'm on her IMDb. I feel like I'm correct. The first episode, she was in one episode before this, which was called Ridicule, and that was the one, yep, autoerotic asphyxiation. You're right. Ding, 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 ding. I will take that win. Thank you very much, sir. So don't you find the irony thick on this that CGH Bounder is going up against? Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Right? Oh my god, like that added a whole other level when I was watching this episode. It was like, holy fuck, this is great. I'm enjoying this. That uh, Novak as not Novak we was used, defended we, by CCH Banner. We could have used a, hey, you look familiar. We can we can add that in at some point for anyone that double dips. Um, so, but isn't that oh, fucking that, crazy? That is crazy. I didn't... Oh man. I think I just blew your mind. Like looking at you, like you look stunned. Like I rolled a flashback into your Malaysian apartment. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so they put Julie Haggerty on the stand, and she's like, "I was busy. I'm sorry I didn't go over or return the dude's calls. I was busy." And she's like, "What were you busy doing?" And she's like, "Well, a father came back from prison and then murdered his wife and then killed himself in front of their two-year-old kid. So I'm sorry I didn't call this guy back. I, I really am." Yeah. Okay. And so this is it. Seems this is pretty, where it's like sounds pretty busy, except for that father probably didn't exist. Okay. So I I have several notes to this. This is some uh, amateur hour shit from Diane Neal for sure. Yeah, this is the the one thing I I have never been to law school, obviously. 
Uh, not a lawyer, but the one thing I think that is generally true that is from a layman's perspective is like, as Lay a lawyer on, me. on the on the stand, you, you don't never tend ask to ask yeah. questions you don't already know the answer to because otherwise this happens. And it's funny because the previous time that we've seen Novak in in court, she, she was, was like great. wiping the floor with CCH Pounder's argument about why her client shouldn't stand trial because she was a social worker, Cabot wins. Um, so I don't know if that's supposed to be that they're not Cabot, excuse me, Novak. Novak is a good lawyer or CCH Pounder is a bad one, but we make a big deal about the fact that it's H- uh, CCH Pounder. So it's like, I think she's supposed to be good, but she's not then, actually then, because she. Then, yeah, she Novak just like self immolates on. On this right. uh, cross, and yeah. then she says that it's like, why would you ask those questions? Because of course, that's the jury's not gonna go with the with with the fucking social worker. Yeah, but I and I, I even have in my notes. I was like, well, yeah, the yeah, like I get that, like the whole put the system on trial. But then I was like, but hold on a second. She was saying she didn't return the four phone calls from that day because she was dealing with the the dude that came back from prison who murdered his wife with a hammer in front of the two-year-old and then killed himself like that's a bad day i'll give you that i was like but he called three times the week before he never returned those that was with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For that, and she makes the she makes the closing argument that like there was intolerable pressure on her because she had 20 cases when the recommended daily dosage of cases is 12, and like she like the system is uh, overworking her and blah blah blah, and there was clear evidence of abuse from the Dufoys, um, because there's blood and you know et cetera et cetera. So I okay, I mean, I, riddle me this. Uh-huh. You and like if you if you can sus- like suspend your your knowledge of how shit's supposed to go since you teach a lot of this from a writing perspective. Wh- what exactly is this show's stance on social work and social workers? Um, because the show seems to only, from one. my perspective. No, I well okay. Allow me like I allow me to uh, allow me to rephrase. They seem to only demonize social workers in this show. There's only been a handful of times that we've seen them, but they have always been like the why didn't you do more type situation. This is the only episode that I can recall where they actually call to attention the remarkable strain that is on many of the social programs that require social workers. That like, yeah, the the case load is, should be 12, but it's 20 because, you know inch deep mile wide like the the same thing for any government program but this is the only time that that argument is ever presented it's always just like the social workers to blame i'm trying to think back because i clearly can't remember episodes after we watch them but I, i believe you i think that it basically the show has no real um like code of ethics that it follows in terms of who's good and who's bad it's anyone who gets in the way of 
SVU or their investigation is bad, which is where, where you get all of this up and down. Like sometimes we stand for this and sometimes we stand for this and sometimes Liv gets too close and sometimes Liv is too detached. And it's just about like on the day, depending on which way the wind blows, however, however convenient it is for someone to be a villain, that's the villain. And oftentimes because social workers are, in interface with at-risk kids a lot they can be the ones covering shit up but like no i don't think we've ever had an episode where like a heroic social worker like goes after a kid and we're due for one the closest thing i think might be like someone like sister sister peg who is like a social worker for the for the hookers or whatever but yeah i think you're totally right sex workers but yeah like it's Uh, that's what i meant sorry it's just it's baddie to me like and i understand this is a uh, okay and maybe this is the problem with the fact that we we consume this show very differently than i think the intended audience to just watch it and enjoy it especially at the time but it's like it's a procedural so you don't necessarily have to worry too much about through lines in terms of themes or or even fuck even character well yeah i guess even character development necessarily because there are, I mean, we've seen characters act wildly inconsistent with everything that we've we've known them to be because it's convenient for an episode. But like right. at some point in time, like don't you like when you're sitting down and you're writing this shit, like don't like some like script is that a continuity advisor? Is that a script supervisor? Is <laughs> no, that a I producer's think, well, job? Is that a showrunner's job? Thing. Like whose job is that? And and honestly, this is what I would do. If I were constructing this show if this show didn't exist and I was constructing this show, I would probably make a similar decision saying that all social workers are complete and total nonsense trash which is not true in real life but it makes uh svu's job that much more important like that raises the stakes for them so like from a dramatic standpoint that's why it is helpful to do that but in a show with 500 episodes eventually you gotta find the one social worker that's doing the lord's work or whatever yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I, I feel like we should take a second here to give a, for whatever it's worth, shout out from a couple of dudes uh, to those that are in the field of social work, because it is a, it is, if there is ever a thankless fucking job, yeah. that's the one. And we know, we take, know a handful spin of Spin the wheel workers. for, yeah. yeah, spin the wheel of the most thankless job. It's like social registered work, nurse I'm say, and social work, yeah. Yep. But I feel like even registered nurse, like you're paid probably a little bit more, so there's like you got a little bit of an edge. Yeah, maybe. But fucking my, social work, man. I'm mentioning like, you my were just signing my oof. mom a lot in this episode. My mom yes. used to be a a, a, a psych, like an evaluational psychologist for yes. the school district for um, the family court of Philadelphia. So she was like, yes. I grew up around these people like they they really really do care. I mean, it's very much like the like the Julie Haggerty in this. Uh, minus the neglect, not minus the ne- the negligence, but like they are extremely overworked and extremely, extremely. They like want to help everyone all the time, but the f- when you get this avalanche of cases and work and parents that don't care about their kids, like it's really easy to lose hope. And th- and that's not the way this character is portrayed at all. And it, frankly, it would be a more interesting episode if especially the way it ends for this character, if that's the route that it went, that she, like, cared so much at one point and, like, just got buried by it, that would that would be a really interesting and tragic 
arc for her, but that's not what happens in this episode. Right. Like, there's there's any number of ways they could go on this, and I, I just think it's important for us to, I mean, for, again, it's a, for whatever it's fucking worth, because we comment on a show that tends to only paint a, a particular profession as, like, just all, like, fuck-ups and, like, bad people. Uh, that is not the case. Please don't think that way, people. I don't think anyone does, necessarily, except for the writers yeah, of the show. Fuck but, them. you know, I think we, if we, you know, shout out social worker, Lord's work, please keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you. Please doing it. Keep keep, keep doing it. You're good. <laughs> don't, don't listen quit. to this episode. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't listen to this episode. Not of this podcast. Listen to the episode of the podcast, but not what the show is portraying. So, that now... Dr. Warner has, like, uh, new evidence from, like, the convenience department where finally it, it turns <laughs> out that the, the blood, they tested the blood, they got the bl- from the mattress, they got the blood back, and it turns out that it is partially cheese blood. That the, the, oh, we also the, did mention the fact that the verdict came back on Muriel, who was found guilty for tampering with records, but not oh, right. guilty on criminal negligence. On ne- criminal negligence, right. Um, and so, cheese, so, so a cheese grater was used on this person's face, but it's n- uh, or on this person's skin to like flay off the skin. That's where the blood's coming from. But it's not the dead boy. It's not Jamie's because the, due to the, you know, whatever. Forensics. Forensic. They ran the DNA, and it's it's from a. It's from a. Yeah, it's It's from a a prepubescent or a pubescent girl. Okay, so then they go over. Finn goes over to. Yeah, there's no they. There's no they. Yes. They. They is Finn, and Finn has decided that he is going to rattle some fucking cages, and boy, does Finn make some fucking mistakes. So Finn tries to rattle her cage and says, like, if you had no, if you had fucking visited goddamn once, you would have known that there was another kid in there. Where's the other kid? Who is she? She might be still alive. She might be in danger. What the fuck's going on? Meanwhile, like a phone is ringing. Muriel is like in the middle of talking to the cops, doesn't let it go to voicemail, picks it up and is like, hello, stop calling here. It's the middle. And, and. Finn picks it up. Well, and is like, so she she gives a sob story. She's like, I lost my. It's not. A, I mean, it's a sob story, but it's not a sob story because she's like, I lost my job because of this trial. Well, a because she falsified records. So it's like, well, I mean, that's kind of a fireable offense. I'm sorry, girl. Like, I understand what you're saying, but like, yeah, you, you can't. Like, you do deserve that to be fired and, for that. And hope, yeah, that's that's a fireable offense. So I don't feel so bad. She's like, now I'm getting all these harassing phone calls. So like, so Finn seems like he's trying to do a good thing. So she picks up the phone and she's like, stop calling me. So he picks, he's like, I'm going to fucking come over there and murder you, sir. Prank caller, sir. I'm like, yeah. it's a bit extreme. And then she just has a gun on her. We've seen, we've had a lay of the entire room. There was no what gun the in the frame she just like had whatsoever. It literally, literally so, up the sleeve of her chunky sweater. Like she had it like strapped to her ankle apparently in her fucking PJs. Like she had she was like I always sleep with a leg iron. It's like fuck what the fuck? And then it's like okay all right easy. And easy. so she she's says like, I've she saved says so many, like but I'm only gonna remember. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm only gonna remember for the one kid. It's like well, I mean that's not necessarily untrue, but at the same time, if here's the thing. As we know Finn in this show, why did he not just, like, draw down and just, like, immediately shoot her in the leg just to, like, put her down so she, like, would drop the gun? That does not seem beneath Finn. 
he doesn't do that at all. She shoots herself in the chest, which is like, that's rough. Um, Dude, like that's a, the most a, like savage way to do that in front of another person. Like that's for whatever reason, that seems so much more hardcore to me than shooting yourself in the head, which is the much more like cinematic thing that you always see in TV and movies. But like the shooting yourself in the heart, no one does that. But that's like the guaranteed like there's absolutely zero chance that I'm coming back from this. I'm shot to the heart, and you are indeed <laughs> to blame. Too late. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the production of this moment. So they shoot her. There's like a weird squib squib thing uh, happening. You don't even see the blood. So you don't see the blood. There's like a little trickle of blood from the initial wound that was probably just like put on on her. But then as soon as Finn rushes over to, I don't know, give her CPR or something or like put pressure on the wound. Um, the blood starts going everywhere, which to, is a really cool moment, obviously, but also tells me like there is a squid, a squib up his sleeve with like a, a hose, and someone is just off camera, like squirting fake blood down his sleeve and into that wound because it only starts bleeding as soon as he like touches her. Yeah, and then he's like whispering, he's like, "Didn't have to be this way. Why'd you do that? Didn't have to be this way." Oh my god, I don't know. Like this like this is the moment where like it goes cuz here's the thing. This is similar to the hereditary moment for me. Sure. This comes out of fucking spoiler. This is a real chewy punch it moment. So here so spoiler alert for hereditary. If you have not seen hereditary, I recommend skip the next minute. I'm going to go two we tend to ramble. Okay. All three. The spoiler's going to be Seven. the first 30 seconds here, but you never know. Yeah, whatever. Just stop listening to the episode. This is it. Dick Wolf. There you go. You can walk away. For those that are okay with spoilers for Hereditary, here we go. The moment that it happens, I wish it had been fresh for me because I had heard jokes about it, so I knew something was going to happen with the I head I knew something weird was going to happen. Yeah, she loses her head. The little girl loses her head. I didn't know. But it is also seemingly, it, had I not already known it, the decapitation would have been out of fucking nowhere and you said when i texted you that you didn't know going into it i did so when I that moment i happened, knew something weird happened but i didn't know what it was i figured it would be at the end of the movie right well i mean it also was that too but like when when the moment happened where the kid hits her head on the pole and the head does not stay attached to the body yeah. What what was your reaction? Because I think it was probably very similar, even though I know I've seen this, to my reaction whenever the when Muriel shoots herself in the chest. My, my that reaction is extreme. Was, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was my reaction. Like hereditary, I was I was slack jawed for at least sixty seconds. That's not an exaggeration. I was just staring at the screen with my mouth agape and my hand over my mouth. And whenever she shoots herself, it was a similar reaction, although not for a minute. It was just like a, what the, f- what the fuck is happening in SVU right now? Yeah. Why did this really need to happen? A very sleepy episode until like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened? And I then mean, the, is this, the is this like also just laziness? Because it's like. Is it laziness? I don't know, man. Like, it's just, we need, we need bells and whistles and like, you know, it would be funny. If the fucking social worker killed herself, we've so already had is... meaningless, like shiny objects in the in the the margins of this entire episode. Is that what this was? Because it didn't play that way, and it played as a more interesting episode. I'd rather be watching. 
yeah this 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 is what this is part of what made me kind of existentially wonder what why SVU is a good show so bear with me on this one I think that you know it's all media is some kind of escapist in in some fashion but the good ones the ones that last also like hold up a mirror to society and like make you feel something about the world right and so i think right, the best yes. the best thing about svu is that the cops are the good guys for the most part and they're putting away people who are like the worst human beings on the planet and the, and the people who hurt kids and rape and they deserve everything that's coming to them right and and it's a, a world kind of unlike ours which has got clear lines of right and wrong and so this episode there's no there are aren't any of that qualities to this episode until maybe the very end where we get our like mustache twirling villain. Um, but like the first three quarters of this episode, I'm like, why is this hap? Like, this is just depressing. It's a depressing thing to watch and it is not drawing me in in any way. And it's even worse, not like telling me anything about the world or humanity. Um, yep. So that sucks. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's an interesting, like, because it's, is it making a comment on, I, it seems like it should be making a comment on the, like, Child Protective Services system. Any comments on anything, really. Because you could make that argument because CCH Pounder's making that argument and, and it rings like yeah, it's never. something that the show is trying to call out. But then yeah. the person is ultimately convicted and then kills herself. So, like, I don't know what state we were making there. Like, it's... it. Other than, here, other than here's, someone comes in and asks how... Uh, Melinda Warner comes in and asks how, how Finn is. And he's like, I'm cool. And she's like, I know that you're cool, but are you, like, okay? And he's like, I'm going to go pay a visit to somebody. Um, and that that moment is repeated kind of at the end um and so it's basically like verbatim this, the line of being yeah, i'm cool i'm cool um and so but that i think that that's like the point if there's any point to this episode that's the point is like that finn has to shoulder all of this trauma and he's the one that just has to like see all the horrors of all of the you know whatever um but i but here's the thing that's Every week on this show for every uh, you know, one yeah. of our protagonists. I agree. Like, and I, like, there have it's been usually Finn episodes. The, been it's usually uh, Benson or Stabler, but same, same, same. But I, I guess, I, I guess this is the thing where I, it, it, is this symptomatic in in your estimation? I realize I'm not. I'm not going to hold you to the fact that like this is absolutely like gospel, but like. Is that symptomatic of the fact that you have a rotating cast of people that are actually going to write the episodes as opposed to having a consistent writer's room where you have the well, same have 20 a, people that you have an idea of? Everyone's sort of on the same-ish page. You have a writer's room per season. Um, and so I think ultimately I think this is an episode that just got away from them and, and it's like three different ideas all on top of one another. It's like a faith healing one and a CPS one and a foster care one. Um, and, and no, no idea can be properly executed because they're all so confused. I just, it's, I, I don't know. 
I don't know what the show is trying to say. I don't know what the show wants me to feel. I know how Neither. I have. I have personal feelings from watching it, and I Rage. get rage. Right, but I, I, it doesn't. It none of it rings. It seems this is a, this is a collection of ideas that isn't an episode. Correct. This is like if you got three sides, and that's that you've decided that that is going to be your meal. But like it, not you. You didn't get any of it to like taste good together. There's no protein. You just got yet. it because, right? <laughs> and now, and for the rest of the episode, they're like, "Oh shit! It's it's nine forty eight. We gotta wrap this up." So they <laughs> they they discover that uh, Lorianne Williams, um, was her maiden name, and Lorianne Dufresne only had one foster kid, but Lorianne Williams had three others that conveniently ran away and. There's, she's still collecting checks. So they confront her and she's like, it didn't seem relevant. <laughs> There's a lot right, of yelling. So like at, the, at the end of the day, like they want this to be this grandiose thing. But as it turns out, it's just a regular old like fraud. It's, just, it's like it's a it's a fucking fraud case that turned to murder. And we spent we wasted 48 minutes of your and my life on when this literally could have been wrapped up in five minutes. Yeah, and there's there's a weird, like, gaslighting thing at the end. So they so they go to find uh, this this girl. I didn't even catch her name, but, like, a, a, the, the last foster kid that Lorianne Williams had. Um, and she says, Lorianne says, that she cheese grated herself. And Finn's like, you know, well, she was like, oh, the kid, the girl was a psychopath. She ran away because by the time they get to my care, they're already all fucked up because they're foster kids. It's like, OK, fair. And it's like, oh, they all conveniently run away. And like, why are you still cashing two grand a month for all of these kids? Just like it was a banking. It was bank error in your favor. Bank error in your favor. Right. Like that's 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 the lie she's going with at she's that point. To it. Like you. You should Her eyebrows feel the say, heat. "Don't ask me a follow-up question." You, you, the water is starting to heat up around you, girl. Like, if you don't have the common sense to, because here's the thing: she tries, and here's a, a sticking point that I, I have. Obviously, she tries to get up and leave at some point in time, and Finn's like, "Sit down, we're not done here." Which means she is formally under arrest because they are not permitting her to leave. Which means. She has to be formally Mirandized and offered... And she needs a lawyer, yeah. She has to at least be given the option of an attorney. Because otherwise, anything that is said in that room is gone. You are yeah. not getting a conviction off of this because it's all not admissible. Because she was not Mirandized. She was not given her rights. You have detained her. And you have not read her her rights. I think None of also, this case I, would stick. I think he's not. None of this. Uh, none of this sticks. None of it sticks. She walks in the real world. She walks because well, with a half decent public defender. For now, but like, then they that's go it. find. Then they go find the girl. So they find sure. the girl at like a loony bin, right? That's the her words, not mine. They they go to like a like a sanitarium, um, called Columba Sanitarium, and the the orderly lady is like oh well we drugged her right up because she has all these delusions that that she's being abused and that they she keeps talking about like a kid dying and and finn's like i don't know if these are delusions 
Um, right. And the fact they were like, oh, we sedated her right when she got in. And then when she woke up, we sedated, sedated her again because she kept saying the same thing. So we just assumed they were the same delusions. It was like, did no one stop yeah, to think about the fact that, that perhaps she was telling the truth? Cool. Like, did anyone press further? So, like, who is so on So she's just been on a here? low dose of Haldol for the, for the rest of the... But, like, from the show's perspective, who are we supposed to hate here? Them too, them too, especially because when 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 Finn goes in the room and like says like I'm gonna help you or what he calls her baby girl, which is weird. Um, uh, the she's like you're trying to trick me. I'm taking her out of this place, like because everywhere is terrible. Everywhere is terrible in this episode. Where the hell is this girl going? Is she going to stay with you, Finn? That I would watch that show. Right, I literally have in my notes. I'm like, is this an episode where like Finn takes this girl home for like a couple days until, like the try? Like, what? I th- this show can be so like it's great. We love it. We're doing a podcast about it, but it can be so rage inducing for how yes. fucking careless it is. So many times. So wait, so so Finn wakes this girl up. And she's like, "You're you're one of them. You're gonna." He's like, "No, I'm gonna help you, baby." And so, like, baby, to refer to actual children, has also gone the way of like daddy. Like, you can't, yeah, say that shit anymore because it's weird. Um, no, like when a when a when a little kid calls their father daddy, I'm like, gross. You don't mean to be gross, but you're being gross. Stop it. Um, and. And yeah, so he takes her, and then, uh, then they, I think, formally arrest. I think, hopefully, formally arrest Lorianne, who is like, "I didn't do anything. My loser husband did." And the, the Sam was like watching through the two-way mirror, and is like, "You called me a loser. I'll fucking bury you, bitch." Right, and it's like, okay, not only is she a murderer, we also have to have her be a gold digger too, because she was like, "You promised me everything. You provided. You promised me, me money. Yeah, like, it's a real thing. It's a yeah. She's like a total sociopath. Just all of a sudden, I don't know. That's our episode. It's not even a so like it's not even a sociopath. The sociopath is just someone who has no compassion. Like, she's just a murderer. Yeah, I think that she also doesn't have compassion, but yes, uh, I agree. I would go, it, I, it, mm, I, 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 I would go I more psychopath know. than sociopath. Like, I, ugh, I, I don't know. And then fucking, is that, that's our Dick Wolf, right? That's our Dick Wolf. Whew, this episode is roof stoof. Uh, that is SVU season five, episode eighteen, entitled "Careless." I think that it's entitled "Careless" not because of the foster parents, but because it, that is the the screenwriting approach. Yeah, approach that everyone took to it. Um, this this oh, week's episode was no. called "Nonchalant." Yeah, ill thought out. Don't um, think about it too hard. If you are, agree or disagree with this, if this is your favorite episode, tell us fucking why. Um, and uh, you can do that on our Twitter at SVU Podcast or on our Facebook. We got one of those. Or for longer things, we have a Gmail, an email Gmail, specialviewingunit at gmail.com. Also, give us a rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. I think yeah, the, wherever the, fine I, iTunes is dead, sold. long live iTunes. So wherever you get the podcast, podcast if you can app, review us. Yeah. Podcast app if you're on Apple or if you are on uh, Android. I don't know what whatever you can rate us on. Please rate us I on. I use actually, Overcast. 
there you go. Because Aviv, actually, the exci- the other exciting piece of news is uh, I'm officially, this is going to be the last day of me on an iPhone switching over to the Android tomorrow hey. when it arrives in the mail. So, Apple, What's your that? incompetence, your, your, all of your shit has finally gotten to me, Apple, even though I have a bunch of Apple products other than this. Apple, here you go. You Your shit products have officially driven me to Android, so what, uh, what, get ready what for you, that. What are you getting? Pixel. Ah, Pixel. Pixel runs on Android. Google doesn't have its own operating system, right? It's, it's Android? Uh, it. Yeah, it's Android, but I think it does have its own operating system, but it still uses like the Google Play Store and stuff. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, Or at least yeah. it's, it has its whatever security, but that, that arrives in the mail tomorrow, so I'm going to switch everything over and then get rid of this piece of shit phone that no longer works. There you go. Uh, there you yeah. go. Well, uh, tune in next week when we'll be viewing and reviewing Law & Order SVU Season 5, Episode 19, entitled Sick. Sick, Sick bruh. Uh, two children claim that they were molested by a billionaire. Oh boy! Wait, is this the this is the, the Michael the Jackson and this is the one that 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 uh, Sonia, Sonia wanted to come over. About. Yeah, right. you can get. So- we'll I'll get see if Sonia's back available. Around. Yeah. Um, the trivia says inspired on the nineteen inspired on inspired on the nineteen ninety three child molestation child molestation allegations against Michael Jackson. Oh no! It's a good one. It's a good episode, if I recall correctly. Oh, no. we're gonna find out next week, though, no. so it's gonna be fun. So yeah, tune oh. in for that. Oh no! Uh, yeah. So until two weeks from now, for Law and Order Special Viewing Unit, I am Aviv Rubenstein, and I'm Matt Reuter. We will see you guys in two weeks. Go go.